countdown to kickoff continues the Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans in week 18. And with us today, it's lead NFL analyst for pro football focus, Sam Monson. And boy, you can't ask for much more than this week 18, the division title on the line, Sam. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, division title on the line, you know, multiple teams in play. It's, it's exactly what you would want from, uh, from this division. Are you buying the Jaguars? Um, I think this is a weird year, right? It, not just in, in the AFC, but in the NFL generally, you've got Baltimore, who is the one team that's kind of been consistently able to pass every test that's been thrown their way, um, particularly in recent weeks when they've had the 49ers, when they've had the Dolphins. Every time they've been set a, a challenge, they've come through with flying colors. Everybody else has had a stretch somewhere or a game somewhere where they've looked like frauds, right? Where they've looked like a team that doesn't belong in the postseason or doesn't belong challenging for a Super Bowl. But because it's it's everywhere, because it's the entire NFL, it means anybody is live. You know, we've got geriatric 38-year-old Joe Flacco out here entirely live for a Super Bowl run because the, the, the landscape in front of him is not what it looked like before the season. You know, if you had been pitched that as an idea, right, even though the Browns have the best defense in the NFL, 38-year-old Joe Flacco, he's going to have to go through Josh Allen and and uh, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence and whoever to, to get there. You'd be like, not a chance. But this year, number one, some of those guys aren't there anymore because of injuries. And number two, even the ones that are, they don't look like the, the, the people we thought they would preseason. So for a team like Jacksonville, the Jags, you know, they've had their, their struggles. They've had the, their wobbles and, and things haven't gone the way they would have wanted all the time. But if they make it, absolutely, I think they can they can go on a run as much as anybody. Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus with us. Trevor Lawrence has uh, had, an, I guess, an inconsistent season is the best way to say it. He's been banged up a lot. It's his fourth time on the injury report this year. Missed last week's game, first time in his career. He's turned the ball over a bunch this year, a lot of fumbles. But there have been some good times with Trevor, too. And, you know, that's the that's the balance. You want the good things more. <laughs> you want the turnovers less when he's out there. No word yet on, on what's happening this week. Doug Peterson has a Friday, you know, said it could go up to game time. However, um, Trevor Lawrence is the future of this franchise, right? Still in your eyes? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's one of a few quarterbacks this season where I don't think the numbers have fairly reflected his performance. You know, certainly early in the year, there was a stretch of several games where I think Trevor Lawrence was playing spectacular football and the receivers were letting him down week after week. Um, and I think now people kind of forget about that. You know, it happened earlier in the year. It's a distant memory. We don't really factor it into the numbers. So now the analysis is, well, in recent weeks, he has been playing worse, albeit because of injuries, I think. You know, he. you mentioned last week was the first time, first game he'd missed uh, due to injury. He probably should have missed a couple before that and didn't. And because he didn't, you know, he didn't play as well as he had previously, right? So I think now you have this, this analysis where it says, well, he hasn't been playing well recently, and now look at his numbers. Like, his numbers aren't great anyway. Like, this is the guy we've seen all the way through the season. He hasn't been at this level, and we've got some questions to answer about what he is going forward. I, I think healthy Trevor Lawrence has looked like a fantastic quarterback, and maybe not at the level of, you know, Patrick Mahomes or, or the best quarterbacks in the NFL, maybe even not at the level of the, you know, the generational sort of golden boy, best prospect since Peyton Manning type of conversation that he was being billed as coming into the NFL, but very, very good. And certainly, you know, way better than any 
existential questions about whether he's the future of this team. I think he's already demonstrated he's absolutely the future of the team and can be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Sam, um, one of the weapons that they brought in for him was Calvin Ridley, of course, and, you know, traded for him last year, uh, reinstated by the NFL. And I think he's had an inconsistent season as well. What yeah. do you like about Ridley? And here we are. He's, he's close to a thousand yards, though it might not even feel like it this year. I've always loved Ridley's route running. I think he's one of the best route runners in the NFL. Um, and he can get open. He can get separation. He has never necessarily been in a role where he has to be the number one receiver in an offense. And, you know, we're in a strange landscape where you can debate how much that means anything anyway. You know, do you even need a number one receiver or if as long as you have every sort of receiving characteristic ticked somewhere in the receiving core, does it make a difference or not? I, I think Jacksonville needs that number one receiver skill set. And by that, I mean a guy that can win consistently on the outside, against press coverage, in contested catch situations. I don't know if they have that guy on the roster. And, you know, Calvin Ridley, that, that was the one question mark about his game based off his previous career history is, can he do that? Can he be that guy? And I think this year hasn't really, it, it certainly hasn't affirmed that he can. It hasn't answered that in a positive direction. His route running is still good. He still gets good, gets good separation. He can be a deep threat. Um, but we don't know if he can do that part on a consistent basis. And then, as you said, he has just had some basic inconsistency. You know, so, so the stuff he does well, he hasn't done so well at, at times this year. He's got a few drops that were very costly for the team as well. So I think he's a positive, you know, addition to the offense. He's a good player to have on the roster. But it it, it sort of highlights this area in that receiving core that Jacksonville still might not quite have on the roster yet. Sam Monson, pro football focus with us. Well, in order to have time for the quarterback to get it to Ridley, you got to have time and protection. And we kind of know, we go through in our Monday shows some of the PFF grades. I know you guys are big on grades on offensive line. And Tony Baselli, of all people, loves <laughs> your grades. I'll tell you, not really. Um, but the interior has not played that well overall this year. They get pushed around a little bit. So they've got a new right tackle, obviously first round pick, and then Cam Robinson in and out of the lineup this year. You know, where do you start in the offensive line? Where do they rate in your mind and, and what, what needs to happen in this offseason? We need, we need, first of all, we need like a sit down with Tony, because I think if he understood what the grades were trying to do and what they do for offensive linemen, he'd be on board because we, we save offensive linemen from a ton of sacks that other people want to put on them. You know, like, oh, look, this guy gave up a sack. You're like, no, that's the quarterback at 10 yards depth. That's on him. That's not on the offensive tackle. So we, we're saving offensive linemen all kinds of negative plays um, in our grading. I, he, he would appreciate it if he went through in detail and sort of got a, got a better understanding of what we're doing there. We'll have to put um, you guys together. We'll have to make this yeah. happen in the offseason. We're right? are you going to be at the Super Bowl this week? We can we can have a whole, you know, a, a detente down there. Um but yeah, look I so the 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 offensive line has been interesting this year. Last year they were the most one-dimensional offense in the NFL in terms of they were pretty good pass blocking, you know, borderline very good, and they were literally the worst graded run blocking unit in the NFL. Um, this year, it's been much more closer together. They haven't sort of maintained that weird split where they were amazing in pass blocking and terrible run blocking. It's but it's been much more sort of inconsistent and all over the place, and not really one trend um, all the way through it. 
Cam Robinson is intriguing because, you know, I don't know that he's an amazing left tackle. You know, that he's always been in that. Do you give him a giant contract? Do you give him $20 million a year? But I think this year was a great advertisement for him, for his agent and say, look, this is what happens when he's not out there. You know, you can you can decide yourself how much you want to go down that road. But when Cam's out of there, it's a better offensive line. And he's had a good season this year, pass blocking um, when he's been out there. It has made a big difference to that offensive line. And I think you can probably make a compelling case that, you know, the last couple of years, they have been so good pass blocking in part because Cam Robinson has done a good job there. And that doesn't mean he's perfect. It doesn't mean he's one of the best three tackles in the NFL, but he's been a good pass blocking left tackle. And having to shuffle that this year has been a problem. Sam, let's go to defense now, and let's start with Trayvon Walker. Uh, you know, the number one overall pick a couple of years ago. We see Aiden Hutchinson putting up big numbers in moments in Detroit this year, and then Trayvon Walker comes along last week and puts up a couple sacks. And where are you on Trayvon? I think he is still a work in progress. Um, you see every week, you know there's a reason they drafted him number one overall. And it's because he's literally the best athlete that has ever entered the league from an edge rusher position. Genuinely, not hyperbole. When you sort of look at the composite metrics, whether it's bend, speed, explosiveness, size, length, all of these things, like he has the most complete picture of any edge rusher prospect of all time. And that shows up on the tape. Like you see it every single week. There's a player or two out there where you're like, there's two or three guys in the league that can do that. There was a play, it was a last week or, or recently where he, he does this kind of Euro step inside the tackle and is immediately getting pressure on the quarterback. Like I've, I've seen miles Garrett do that. And there's maybe one or two other guys that can do that. And that's it. End of list. So anytime you can put yourself on that kind of short list and say, look, there's four guys on the planet that can make this play. It's a reason to keep chasing that. Right. And if we can just drag up the consistency, if we can just improve the frequency that these are happening, we have something special here. Um, but I think that consistency is still a work in progress. I mean, his numbers are better this year than they were a year ago. But one element that is important to note when you're talking about a guy like Walker, and this is in his favor as well, he plays all the snaps. Like he's already well over 800 snaps this year. There are, most edge rushers in the NFL won't play 800 snaps in the season period. And he's already exceeding that. So his numbers are going to look better simply through opportunity, simply through playing 900 snaps in a season. He's going to get more pressure. He's going to get more sacks than other guys that aren't on the field for a lot of these opportunities. So that's a factor. The run of kind of sacks he's on recently. It's not to say they're not high quality sacks or anything, but I, I don't think it necessarily is a reflection of him turning the corner and him becoming, you know, Rashawn Gary, for example, who, took a couple of years to get it for green Bay and was a similar, you know, very athletic prospect. Hadn't necessarily had the production in college. So I think he's still really an unknown and a, 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 we're, we're somewhere along his, his transition. He's, he's capable of amazing plays. He is relatively productive and he's incredibly durable. I think that part we can say for sure after a couple of years. Um, but now we do need to see, you know, him up the level of to make, to be a real impact player. And, you can kind of compare him and Aiden Hutchinson in, in terms of some of those numbers, but Hutchinson does generate a significantly higher volume of pressure on a per rush basis right now than uh, Trayvon Walker does and does it with less help. I mean, Hutchinson is the number one guy. He's the primary source of pass rush for Detroit. Trayvon Walker is the compliment. He's the secondary guy to Josh Allen um, in Jacksonville. So that that's a factor as well. 
Sam, why is Foyer Aluokan overlooked so much? It feels like, you know, is it just the marketplace? Is it not a flashy player? He just racks up tackles. He's leading the league again. Yeah, I think the marketplace is definitely something to do with it. Um, I think linebackers also become a really weird position to evaluate recently. Like it, the number of it, they've been put in a bind in the last decade, say the last 10 years, like every step, every evolution of offense has almost been designed around stressing the linebacker position and putting those guys in tough positions. And hey, you had to think about run or pass first, you know, with play action. Now you got to think about RPOs and you actually defend both at the same time. And we're going to stretch you horizontally as well with all these, you know, wide zone play actions. And it's just a nightmare. Playing linebacker these days is awful for linebackers. And, and it's kind of reflected in PFF grades. The average number for linebackers has just been going down and down and down and down. And I don't think it's because the players are any worse than they were 10 years ago. I think it's because the job description has just gotten harder and they have to do more than they did 10 years ago. And they're basically in no win situations more often than they were previously. Um, but I think there's also been like an increased awareness of the idea that tackles is probably not a great measure. You know, it tells you something, um, but it doesn't just because a guy has a ton of tackles doesn't mean he's necessarily a great linebacker. So I think Aluakun is almost getting the bad end of both of those deals. You know, he's got some negative plays on his tape because everybody does. And he's sort of dealing with this almost backlash against the previous idea of, well, let's just judge them by tackles. And they were like, ah, it doesn't mean anything. So I think he's having a great year this year. He had a really good year a season ago. Um, and you're right. Those two things, in addition to the fact that it's Jacksonville and there's a tendency to overlook some, some players from them anyway, it means he is going under the radar. All right, final thoughts, Sam. Are the Jags winning Sunday? Uh, yeah, I think they will. I think they they have enough. Uh, they have enough need to get that game done. They have enough talent, um, and hopefully, we'll uh, we'll we'll be able to make it happen. Thanks for the time, Sam Monson, lead NFL analyst, Pro Football Focus. A pleasure. Thanks a lot. Anytime. Thanks for having me.